Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Oversaturated, overset, oversaturated, overset, oversaturated. Oversaturated, oversaturated, overset, oversaturated, overset, oversaturated, overset, oversaturated, Welcome to another episode of Oversaturated the Podcast, where we discuss music, movies, and pop culture. I am Johnny. And I'm Ralph. Welcome to episode number 40. 40. Um, 40 Boys Club. Yeah, okay. Okay, I was going to do 40 Glock. Bow! You know, like, click, clack. <laughs> okay, you know. I really need to get the soundboard cracking. Like, we need some, we need some gunshots, something. We need something. Uh, new listeners, uh, please follow us on all social media. Facebook is Oversaturated the Podcast. Instagram is Oversat the Podcast. Twitter is Oversat Podcast. And our email is oversatpodcast at gmail.com. Please check out the website, oversatthepod.com. Merch for sale. Yep. Bios on the kids. And, yep. uh, we out here, man. Yep. We out here. Yeah. But uh, let's get it, get it out the way. We got guests in the building. Yes. We have two guests. I know. It's been a minute since we had two guests at the same time. Yeah. Especially in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So but, you know the queen's back. Both of them. I, I said queens, didn't I? Oh. Not I'm, 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 I'm. I'm just trying. I'll try to hype you up, man. Oh, okay. Listen, yeah. man, it's glo- It's raining outside. <laughs> like, we trying to get the spe- we trying to get the spirits cracking. Facts. <laughs> so we got the first ladies in the building. They back. Say what's up, ladies. What's up, y'all? Hey, y'all. Everybody's on their phone. Right, right. Like, <laughs> I just want to say, pay attention. No. <laughs> No, but um, so yeah, the first ladies are back for the insecure recap season yeah. three. Yes, yes. Yeah. So before we get to that, you know, we just want to talk about how's everybody week's going. Everybody good? We chilling? Uh, my week has been washed. I am. Uh, I don't know. It's, I have nothing. Like literally, like all I did was this weekend. Uh, she she deconditioned my hair. Oh, it's word? Yeah, word. You know, got, all, so sweet. got all in the roots. <laughs> that's you know, I'm like, that's, that's love. That's like, <laughs> a scalp massage. Right, that was, ain't, ain't nothing better than that. <laughs> I was just, you know, sitting there, chilling, getting my scalp massage, deconditioning some coconut root shit she got. I'm like, oh, it's lit. I was noted, I noticed your hair when you walked in. So I'm See? like, dang, Ralph had look good today. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Ralph has fully embraced his bad bitch. <laughs> yeah, he, he unlocked another level. So, Anna, let Definitely. me ask you: How does it feel to be, you know, in a relationship with the Instagram guy? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Say it, you love it. You no, I don't. It. I don't love it. I tolerate it. Damn. Mm. Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's cool. He's um he's embracing um his bad bitch. So. That's what's up, man. And that's the I'm, thing that y'all feel to realize. She gassed me up. Like, that's the only reason I probably got this as, hair. As she should. Well, that's true. But it's like, she, def- like, when we get in public, it's like, nah. But okay. behind closed doors, it's cool. Because it's, it's only for her. That's, why. that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's hilarious. That's funny. No, I have to teach him, you know, men have to have more than just jumping in the shower, half lotion their bodies and going out the door. So I'm trying to teach him more things about hair care and his hair type and the importance of moisturizing and conditioning mm-hmm. and sectioning and detangling and, you know. I was like, and, and so I get it. You can do that then. Because right. <laughs> Ralph, I mean, he is growing his hair out, so he has a lot more hair in his head than I do. So, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. He's, I'm trying to get that messy bun thing he got going on to flourish. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I don't know what that is. I'm just, just going to smile and nod. That's all I'm going to do. That's Y'all all I'm going to do. Though. Right. <laughs> Everybody else good? You good? Yeah. All right. Part. So, I. <laughs> Off the door. Damn, off the door. Right. Off, off the door. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, there's a lot of people that have or that are underrated in the music industry, and it's due to like maybe lack of mainstream success or maybe just a personality trait that people just don't gravitate towards. Um, but their music catalog is very stellar. You can probably put it up against a lot of the greats or, you know, of that genre. Uh, I just want to know who do you all think is an underrated person whose music catalog is overlooked? And it doesn't have to be rap or anything. It could be anybody. That's a good question. Whose music catalog is underrated? Yeah. I'll, I'll put my answer out there. I'm putting the rapper of the game out there. Um, eight studio albums. Uh, he was endorsed by Dr. Dre when he came out. Um, he's created and survived a lot of beefs, <laughs> which, you know, can derail careers and, you know, in rap. Right. Um, exactly. And you sold millions and millions of records and not to mention that the music has at least been consistent. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think everybody at university <coughs> loves the documentary as his first, you know, his classic album. Mm-hmm. I think arguably he has a few more, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. But, Eight studio albums. You've been out since 2004, I want to say. That's a nice time. That's that's a nice, you know, that's a nice run when you're a rapper. And still, arguably, he can drop an album tomorrow and at least his core fan base base will still support. Yeah. Damn. I see that. That's dope. Uh, This is is a hard one for me. (laughs) Whose music catalog is underrated. Yeah, just underrated. Like, they don't get enough shine. Like, it... And you know they put in work. And the only thing is like a personal bias. Mm-hmm. It's just what you, you know, how you feel, how you're convicted. Mm-hmm. And I'm come on, Johnny, you are the king of the underrated niggas. Like, you love bringing light to people that don't get to shine. And see, you can't I'm think try- of nobody. I'm clearly, I'm clearly trying to stay away from Joe Budden because I've, <laughs> I've said that enough on this podcast. Everybody knows that by now. Yeah. Um, well, while Johnny gathers his thoughts, ladies, anybody, anybody, anything? say Erica Badu like she she not really is mm-hmm. as popping how she was in the 90s but mm-hmm. I think she still produces excellent music <clears throat> so yeah hmm. I would say randomly since he just put out a new album and it was pretty good Lloyd oh Damn. yeah I forgot about Lloyd. Lloyd has some really great albums under his belt, he's consistent. His sound yeah. is consistent. When you hear, it, you know it's him. Yeah. Um, he has a decent voice. Um, he knows how to stay in his lane and work it, so you don't feel like, okay, what is this nigga doing? But you know, he'll 
you know, give us the fresh breath of air. Yeah, because he, he drops R&B albums kind of like out of nowhere when R&B, you know, is arguably like dying. Or, well, I wouldn't say dying, but just the sound has changed. Right. So Lloyd has stayed consistent with his sound. Yeah. And his, um, his new album now is really, really good. True. Yeah. Really well, it's, good. it's called True. It's called <laughs> True. So All right. I would say him. I think I got one. Okay, let's go, bro. Do or die, from Chicago. Oh wow! Like it, now they're a duo, right? Uh, forgive me if I don't. Know. Like I, so I think they go between duo and trio. If I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay. Um, and then you know they collaborate with Twister a lot. Yeah. But like me personally, I I love their music. They're kept, well, I've I've never heard anybody really talk about them at all. Um, not in, at least from not, my not when, not when it comes to like hip hop groups. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. They have some dope, some dope albums. Pope pimping, still pimping, <laughs> chopping up that paper. Okay, like they got dope songs. Okay, so check out the the Do or Die Essentials on gotcha. Apple Music. Okay, gotcha. yeah, dope. I like that. Damn. All right. Okay. I'm glad I was able to think of one. I was, <laughs> I was stumped. All right. So for mine, right? Yeah. I was um I. <laughs> I stumbled upon a song, and I can't even think of the name of it right now, but it was a song that was really popular while we were in college. Okay. Um, And it just made me think, well, it made me want to ask y'all, Okay. if you had to pick three songs to be on your, your college playlist that you always played throughout college, oh. what three songs would you choose? Okay. Uh, Buy Your Drink, Play Like a Rockstar, <laughs> and probably Lean With It, Rock With It, or some shit like that. Don't. Just just keep it going. Like nope. I just, oop, yeah. I'm done now. That's what's up. Well, I got um My Love by Justin Timberlake. Okay. That's that album came out two thousand six. I played mm-hmm. the shit out of that album mm-hmm. for like two years straight. <laughs> um so that chicken noodle soup. Cause to this day <laughs> I'm hitting that shit. Um and then you gotta pick a T Pain, like any T Pain's all yeah. real. Um yeah. but since you said buy you a drink, I'm going with uh, it's a deep cut from off of his Epiphany album. Put Ooh. it down, I think it's called. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the ones you talking about. Yeah, too. man. So yeah, those are my three. But of course, there are like plenty. Oh more. yeah, there's plenty of others. Plenty that I, I just went with the first three. Right, yeah. <laughs> Shit, any dance track? Oh, crank, yeah. crank that. Mm, crank that Roosevelt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta crank the Roosevelt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ladies, nothing? Mine would be um, Back That Ass Up. Amen. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, and also, Player's Prayer by Lloyd. I used to wear that song out. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wear that song out. Okay. And, um, of course, I never really know the names of songs. So, the one, um, while... Uh, Two chain was still Titty Boy. If I don't do nothing, uh, uh, I'm a boss. Duffel bag boy. Yeah, Duffel yeah. bag boy. Because mm-hmm. everybody from Mobile thought they was just slanging <laughs> Duffel bag. So I, I couldn't help but love that song. It just reminds me of college and like the basketball games and Elmore and stuff like yeah. that. So that's funny. <laughs> if I don't do nothing, I don't. Hey, that song was over. <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, I would say anything from Travis Porter. <laughs> the old Migos. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say something from Pretty Ricky. <laughs> Pretty, pretty, I Ricky, forgot Ricky. about Pretty Ricky. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would definitely be on the soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
and probably some Webby. Oh, tell me what you know about me. Hey, W E B B I E. Okay, that was more like high school. High school for us because we was right next to Louisiana, so Boosie Webby was like high school for. For me, because you know, yeah. shit travels slower, period. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell, we slow. did shit way out of the face. <laughs> Any Pretty Willie, too, that could go on my college album, because oh, yeah, we love Pretty Willie. Hey, he was like, Louis, right? Yeah, uh-huh. y'all know who that is? <laughs> yes, Willie Moe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's like a youth pastor. You want you want your preachers to you know have been out here in the streets first before they become a Very soldier true. for the Lord. Okay. That's that's alcohol pouring people. We're getting it cracking today. Oh, facts. That's funny. Y'all got any more? Because it's kind of fun. Oh, no, that was fun. But no, I I can keep going now. (laughs) (laughs) But no, let's let's, uh, change the climate just a little bit. Um, Actress, songwriter, comedian, film producer, Betty Mittler. Had the audacity to tweet something the other day. We have two women in the room that have strong opinions, and I want their uh, takes on the situation. Now, the tweet says, women are the N-word of the world. Raped, beaten, enslaved, married off, worked like dumb animals, deny education and inheritance, enduring the pain and danger of childbirth, and life in the silence for thousands of years. They are the most disrespected creatures on earth. First of all, bit you a bitch. But, no. <laughs> but secondly, but secondly, like that just makes me know that. See, I just hate liberal white people because y'all always think that y'all know every fucking thing and y'all don't know nothing. Like nothing, the niggers of the world. That means that you really think. Like, you really think about niggers. And I mean G-E-R-S, not us. Niggers, okay? More, more gunshots. No, like, my thing is, there's nothing on this planet more disrespected than a black woman. And that was a shot at a black woman. But I just need to say, you need to know who made you. It's okay, you come from us. We're God. More gunshots. Amen. Yeah, so. <laughs> well... Let me get my thoughts together. Well, <laughs> first when it hit the um the timeline, you know, people was, you know, filling up her uh her mentions and then she actually came back to double down on what she said. Really? Basically saying that we were being Hateful. sensitive and all this other stuff. So when it the fury got bigger, that's when she came back and apologized. Yeah. So, <laughs> first of all, that that saying, you know, women are the niggas of the world. First of all, that came from uh, Zora Neale Hurston mm-hmm. from her book, Their Eyes Are Watching God. Mm-hmm. And where the character was com- uh, comparing uh, black women specifically to mules and slaves. That's where that came from. So then... You know, John Lennon, when he made a song in the 70s, <clears throat> he basically said that he got that um, the inspiration for the song from like this Irish revolutionist or something like that. So you already know where that man got it from, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, Yoko Ono, his wife, hijacked it. They created a song, put it out in the 70s, you know, during the uh, the women's revolution. 
uh, movement and all of that basically you know saying the same thing that women it's, it's funny to me how they can at that time they they know that that word means there's a whole umbrella of what that word means but when somebody like Sade and I being black women and we talk about our experiences or whatever we get called sensitive we get called hellacious we get called this and that and the third so you understand the context of that word but you need that to fit your mold because our pain is profitable to them Mm -hmm. that's where she got that from so she you know she can say the apology because you said what you said from the beginning and the fact that you came back and doubled down and said that we were being sensitive it's like how dare you being a rich white woman can play your compare your plight to the black experience mm-hmm. like fuck you basically <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i'm gonna add something i think it's a little bit rhetorical but i still want to you know get you all stake on it do you feel that white feminism and black feminism will work work against each other towards the overall goal like bringing awareness and you know fighting for the the rights of all women we can't work against each other when there's no space for us mm-hmm really why feminism is just basically about them feeling like them being a woman is the greatest impediment to them basically that's it they feel like they should have the same rights as men and they feel like the, them being who they are that's in the way of what they can get when you know when we do the work when black feminism feminists do the work we see the isms in all aspects we you know we we see misogyny we see all of that stuff Cause that's just how we've been raised, how we've been conditioned. That's how we basically see the world. With them, they just feel like just me being a woman. That's in a way of the shit that I really want, yeah. basically. So they they act from a, a a place of privilege. They're not. They don't really act from a place of being a woman and um, actually looking for rights. Right. Yeah. yeah. They just see themselves biologically. What what I am biologically and what I identify myself. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Versus us. You know, we get hit from every angle, and that's how we work. Because <clears throat> feminism basically is just the advocacy for women's rights right. from the basis <laughs> of, you know, um, equal or the, just from the sexes or whatever. That's how we look at it. That's how it's always been. That's how we look at it. Them is just, well, I'm a woman, so I can't get shit. And right, right, right. That's basically what it is. But they disguise it under the bigger umbrella of I'm fighting for women's rights when they just have their own ulterior motives. So you're not really fighting for me. You're just right, fighting for right. your own um, whatever it is that you're looking for. Right. Yeah. I'll pick it back off that and say that um, black women as a whole usually fight for everybody regardless. Even though they know the world hates them, we ride for everybody. And I think that our um, activism is rooted in more so because we are nurturers of the world really mm-hmm. so it's rooted more so in taking care of the world if you want to know how to vote uh fashion trends what your hair needs to look like how to breastfeed your baby or just anything anything in general you need you should look to a black woman and i think that with um again it just kind of goes back to the white liberal in general like it is a place of privilege they do everything that comes is a place of privilege just how and they're gonna they don't really care about feminism for real and you know how they don't care about that because 45 got into office Amen. so they vote and, with their husbands and old boy just got Kevin confirmed on. as the fucking yeah because i mean we have to go back 50 uh, 53 percent of them voted for 
Trump. Yes. White women, and they are still coming to defense of him. They still caping for this man. He has said the most grotesque things about them. Period. And he continue, hates and women continues and to. continues to. It's really like a prelude to The Handmaid's Tale, basically. Every it seems like every every activist group wants to somehow mirror their struggle to the struggle that black people have endured in the yeah. United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm sorry. I know I know every group goes through their own situations. Yeah. But honestly, I don't believe any of them can compare to what black people went through in this country for 500 something years. What black people still going through. That too. Right. Like, <laughs> And they look for us to do the work. They want us right. to be in the streets and marching this and that and the third. And then they want to come in and reap all the benefits. Just but we like, get called niggas. We get called monkeys. We get why are they in the streets? Why are they turning up their own communities, this, that, and the third? But like they slavery. look for us to start the movement first. Just like slavery. We built all this shit. All this shit in this country. Still do. And everybody else taking credit for it. It's, it really pisses me off. I saw something this morning. And I was like, I'm so fucking tired of this. Like, I um, I have really been kind of, like, watching what I consume mm-hmm. as far as, like, social media on TV and all that stuff like that. Like, anything about, like, killing of my brothers and sisters, I know it's still going on, but I don't want to see that shit. Because yeah. it just, it does something to your soul, and I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. And I saw that, like, they are making, HBO is making a documentary of Sandra Bland. And I'm just so tired of them profiting off of our <laughs> annihilation, really. Um, it's just it's just still like a modern-day lynching, and that shit just, it really just pisses me off. And just, to th- like, think about, like, what her family must be going through. I'm saying this on here. If something ever happens to me, do not let nobody make no film about me. That you, ain't my family. You know that's an issue. You, you really think that's gonna be an issue? I don't, but I'm just saying. Don't even let uh, what's the other um, the word the un- unauthorized documentary. Don't let them make nothing about me. Don't use my likeness nowhere, cause I'm a hunt whoever killed me. <laughs> well, y'all don't have to. Uh, Ralph and Anna gonna have to look after that because I'm going to war. Yeah, it's just uh, um, like Sade, I I tend to kind of just step back from social media. I'm not even on there anymore because to me, I feel like the media uses antagonistic uh, ways. They keep putting out articles because they know that people are angry and they're going to click on it. They're going to, they keep putting out pictures. They keep, well, you know, this person said this and this person has said that they know exactly what they're doing. Right. And I just really want people to stop retweeting that stuff. Mm-hmm. Stop, um, Man, you, you know, creating that. threads under that because that's that's how they make their money. That's how they get their revenue because they know for a fact that we're angry, but we want to know what's going on. Yep. Sometimes you have to click out of that and kind of get stop yourself together. Stop sharing the killing Please videos. Please stop too. doing Preserve that. Preserve your energy, people. Please. Preserve it. Please. Mm-hmm. But real. yeah, just like her and Bet and Cher and all these people that call themselves allies. I don't even believe in the world the word ally Mm-mm. at all. I've never have because to me it just seemed like they feel like if they can just say any little thing that get us to rally around that they feel like they can come into our culture and roam around and do whatever and say whatever and then they get to leave when they want to, but we can't do that. Mm-hmm. The fact that <clears throat> 
um, Bet said what she did and then you issued this old fake ass apology. The fact that she gets to log off and go on about her business. But what you said is so dangerous right. that I can die from what you said on the timeline. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, this is not a part-time thing. I can't take this off. I don't want to take it off. I don't either. <laughs> but what they don't realize is you say that you're an ally or whatever, but then you try to hijack and, and, and take over what's going on. Just like the whole Me Too movement. That was started by a black woman, but all you see is all these white actresses hijacking that because they feel like, well, we got this attention over here. We can just say whatever. That's all under that white feminism and all of this. They don't really give a fuck about us at all. They just want higher rate wages. You a Hollywood actress complaining about the money that you're making. Getting paid millions more. Exactly. Millions you already make. That's what they're mad about. In fact, well, I just want to get paid just like, you know, Richard Geard and, and all these other folks. But you 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 doing that under the whole umbrella of feminism. You're not working for me, right? So yeah, so that went way way left. over than what I, what I expected. <laughs> but, but it was good. Though. Yeah, it was great, great commentary. It's just the, to end that we just we need these white folks just to we don't need y'all speaking for us at all. It's just best for you to keep keep your mouth shut and you you jump when we tell you hi hi at this point. Talk your talk your shit, Anna. Shit. <laughs> Shit. That's it. We're going to watch out here. <laughs> no, but I mean, that that's why we wanted to get you guys' commentary on that because, you know, we know you guys do have strong opinions and can articulate yourselves really well. So, yeah. you know, we wanted to get you guys' perspective from that since we have ladies on. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I know they yeah. don't want to hear us talk about it. Yes, I we mean, do. Yeah, we I tell Raph all the time that um, we would like y'all's opinion on matters like that because we don't really hear a lot of black men talk about yeah. it. Like email. email us. Okay. Takes it. Fat, right. <laughs> I'm going to send an email, too. I was going to say, we got a direct line. Why I got an email? It was, it was a joke. You know they don't listen to us. Oh, yeah. That goes both ways. I was about to but, say, uh, you, use your burner email that you got. Mmm. Mm. what's up it's your boy ceo hayes host of the awakened soul podcast a weekly podcast for an insightful and vivifying look at music movies tv pop culture but more importantly how it all relates to us culturally and globally the awakened soul can be found on apple podcasts Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Basically, anywhere the podcast can be heard, you can find The Awakened. So we also air in syndication on the radio in several states. I'll be looking out for you guys. The Awakened Soul Podcast, hosted by the one and only CEO Hayes. Peace. All right, so on a lighter note, on a lighter note, um, so Lil, Lil Rail Howery, is that how you pronounce his last name? Howery. Howery. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He has a new TV show out, um, Rail. called Rail, <laughs> and it's only been two episodes so far, so we wanted to just talk about that real quick. Uh, yeah. How do you guys feel about the show so far? I thoroughly enjoy it. Thoroughly. I mean, I know it's only two episodes, right, but... 
if you listen to Lil Real, I think it was what stand up was he has he has like two stand ups, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one, but a lot of the things are the stuff that he was talking about in that stand up, and just to see it translated into a sitcom, I think that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But I mean, his Sinbad is his daddy, right? Like, that's, that's, that's funny, and then just hilarious is on the show. I think that's very, very dope, right? Mm-hmm. And I wish DC, I, I wish, I wish DC was like a reoccurring role, right. role in, like <laughs> the fact that he played on the first episode was dope to me. Man, but yeah, but yep. for right now, like I can, I can rock with you know what Fox is doing with Real and Real is doing with that. Yeah, I, I like it too. It, it seems like it's loosely based off of. His life story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is pretty cool. I, I like to see that played out with actors and comedy and all that good stuff. Yeah. And as far as DC, I definitely wish he was like a recurring. Yes. Because that first episode, when he was <laughs> flaming <laughs> them on the bus. <laughs> oh man! He said, Who let that grown baby on the bus? <laughs> <laughs> I died. That's fucking hilarious. Now I do like just hilarious on there, but it's interesting to me because she's from Baltimore, I yeah. believe. Like her accent is so, so strong. different yes. from yes. everybody strong. else, and this mm-hmm. is supposed to be based in Chicago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, eh. yeah, and she, she even trying to disguise it. I one thing we we noticed like with Vic Mensa, his cameo mm-hmm. on the show, it was dope. Oh, 100%. like Vic, I'm like. Okay, Vic, I see it. Like, I, I can see what he's, you know, I can see a little acting going on with you, you know, beloved. You know, I'd like to see more of that. Right. Yeah, that, that monologue he had was, uh, I believed it. Right. <laughs> you know, they kill for man, man. Right. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm God on the West Side. I was like, oh, okay. Right. You are. Right. He <laughs> said, the Lord's is having a meeting. Don't go in. Right. <laughs> but he, he, he made a joke about that in the stand up. That's what makes it so funny. And just to see it, you know, played out, it, that made it hilarious. So. Now, Gerard Carmichael is, mm-hmm. I think, executive producing this as well. I think so. Mm-hmm. So, do you guys think it's going to be more, more like the Carmichael show, where it ta- where it tackles more serious topics, or do we think it's going to like stick to how it is and just rails loosely based on Rails' life? What do you guys think? Combination of both, because I don't I don't know if real real wants to go that super political route. Mm-hmm. He sprinkled the stuff in about the Chirac, especially on episode right. two, like we talked about. Right. I don't, I just don't see the themes of the Carmichael show being you know put on real. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that either. I think uh, Gerard was more focused on that. It's just it was more political, and then I'll put a, com- a comedial comedic spin excuse yeah. me on it versus real is just he's just basically based off of his uh his stand-up and his life yeah and then i just so happened to talk about the things that's going on but i think he wanted to put a little bit more spotlight on where he's from yeah versus what's going on you know in a universal sense yeah, yeah. so trying to put a, a more positive connotation yeah. on, on the yeah. area so but yeah. i i like the carl michael show but to me with gerard it kind of got a little tired with it was always a political issue on every episode mm-hmm. so it kind of ran its course a little bit but then when you have somebody like david allen greer and loretta mm-hmm. it, it lightened a little bit but with something like that when you did it for what two seasons or three two, 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 two and something and like that yeah. that can be a little bit too too hard-hitting That's i think I, I actually i like the political mm-hmm. like uh commentary that they had every episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now what made it tolerable 
well, I wouldn't say it's tolerable because I actually liked it. But what made it enjoyable for me mm-hmm. was the fact that it did sprinkle the comedy in there. Yeah. It wasn't just strictly political for 30 minutes. Yeah. But it was a good, minutes. like 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 Anastasia was saying, it's just a lot of good balance of everything. Because mm-hmm. you got David Allegra and Loretta Devine. Right. Braille was on the show. Tiffany Haddish was right. on the show. Mm-hmm. So. Even, um, what's the girl that played his girlfriend? Amber? Something like that. Amber. Oh, I can't think of a real name. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a real name. Know. Like Amber. Oh, Amber? Yeah. Oh, shit. I think it's Amber West. I'm just going off the dome. We'll fact check but yeah, but just it was a good casting of characters. Yeah, yeah it was. It yeah. really was. So yeah, I would definitely recommend the real oh, show. So yeah, y'all, y'all check, check that, that out. out. That's on. That's on Fox. We're not getting paid for this. So right. You know we're doing all the clubs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sade has a topic. Okay, so y'all know we all are fans of like 90s music, especially old 90s like love music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do y'all remember the song A Piece of My Love? Mm-hmm. By Guy? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Okay, so I love that song and I used to think that it was like just the most, I don't know. I mean, now that I, now that I know what I'm about to say, it's really not, but I used to think it was just like such a sweet love song, you know, whatever, like, mm-hmm. you can have a piece of my love. <laughs> like, it's just waiting for you. But if y'all listen closely, it say in the beginning, you can have a piece of my love, you dumb bitch. It's waiting for you. <laughs> y'all should see really? their faces. <laughs> now, she, this was random as shit. She takes me one day at work, like, Listen it listen to this around this amount of time. I'm like, what it, she says that they say dumb bitch. So I'm listening. Like, I don't hear that shit. I don't hear it. So I got home that night and like we kinda like slowed it down and like really listen. He really say dumb bitch. Like, piece of my love. Dumb yeah, dumb bitch. Now I knew bitch. the song was geared to it was like a side chick anthem. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I didn't I know see, that. I, didn't know that. I, didn't know I, that I knew that. I just didn't know. This shit coming together. It was just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense now. Like a piece of my love, which means you ain't having all of me. But somebody That's played it. it at their wedding, and that part, your dumb bitch, was so prominent. I was just wow. like, no, <laughs> to me, yeah. You got queued up. Yeah, I got queued up. I edit the real oh, shit. In. Okay. Y'all gotta hear this shit, man. <laughs> That's around um number forty six seconds. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it happened. It happened. And they never edited out on the radio. My coworker pointed this out to me, and that's why I text Johnny. I'm like Did you know they say you dumb bitch in a piece of my love? You heard it. You yes. heard it. Yes. <laughs> that shit ain't fake. <laughs> that's not fake. That's like messing mess me up a little bit. <laughs> and that's on Apple Music. We ain't edit that. <laughs> that's on Apple Music. That, that goes back to people not really realizing what they play at weddings. Mm-hmm. I need for y'all to listen to them lyrics. Man. Yeah. They, they going for a groove and not the you know the lyrics. I heard time. somebody play Return of the Meg at their wedding. If you just want, what? if you just want people, to, oh, you talking about the reception or the wedding? Like, I mean, well, well more, the like, the more like the reception. The reception okay, yeah, okay, yeah, but, but still, still, even in that, I you mean, want, 
<laughs> at the reception, return of the Mac is okay because that's gonna get a groove going. But don't walk out like don't introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> return of the Mac. Right. The groove, the groove gets a chance to walk down the aisle. Right. 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 That's, that's, that's hilarious. Oh man! But see, just blew your mind. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> right. Just but, like Maxwell's This Woman's Work, y'all, that song is about giving uh, birth. Giving birth and the woman dying while giving birth. Stop playing it at your damn wedding. Please. Okay. No. <laughs> like, Definitely listen stop. to the lyrics, y'all, before y'all make y'all's playlist. I don't, yeah. I don't want to hear it at the wedding no more. Damn. Right. It's, it's about giving birth. It's somebody possibly dying. That's funny. So hilarious right so so since staying on the topic of music right um it's been a lot of music like a lot of music that come out this year like mm-hmm. it seems like even more than 2017 and 2017 was a dope year especially yeah. for hip-hop yeah, yeah yeah so i guess i want to ask you guys what what new music are you guys listening to in, in 2018 because we haven't had both of you guys back at the same time in a while mm-hmm. well i love buddy okay yeah i listen to him I feel yeah. like Ralph told me about him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like in love with him. I, I love everything that he does. He raps and he sings. He's from um, Compton, California. Okay. And he basically just talks about the way he grew up. Mm-hmm. He's basically kind of like, a, you know how Kendrick Lamar gives you that, that perspective of a boy in the hood, but he's not, you know, in the game, mm-hmm. but he's affiliated and yeah. he talks about what he sees. That's, that's Buddy. But Buddy in the game, he really with the shit stuff. Interesting. Like but you I, ever seen that video of the dude Crip walking at the Taj Mahal? That's him. Yes. That's him. That's Buddy. That's oh, Buddy. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to his like his his. But he, has, album. he has good music though. Really, really That's good dope. music. Um, the fact that he was see walking at the Taj Mahal. I love it. Random as fuck, but dope. I love yeah. it. Like yellow dope. And um, what's his name? Is it Mexico? Oh, I, like I know you're talking about. I love him. He's like tra- trap house yeah, jazz. That's yeah. what he does. Trap he has really, really good music as well. So shout out to Justice from uh, Extra Regular Podcast because she actually put me on to him um, when she was here for the Breaks Live show. Dope. He just love had a new him. album to drop too. Yes. Dope. I Real dope. Love that album. That's yeah. what's up, man. Anything else? No, oh, no, I got. Uh, well, I mean, outside of you know, because we've been listening to a lot of rap, right? I know. Um, I'm trying to give you something else besides rap, but reason, like I, I just highlighted the, the creme de la creme that nobody's talking about. Reason, there you have it. This guy is from Carson, California. He's signed to TDE, um, and for him to have dropped an album on the weekend that Carter Five dropped and Logic, his album shined better than all of those. Um, I stand by this. I think that Reason had a dope, dope album. Uh, I think a lot of people missed the boat with it because of the Carter Five release. Yeah. Um, short, concise um, lyrics, um, t- storytelling, production, and for him to have released this on TDE and he doesn't have a, a, a Kendrick feature, he doesn't have a Scissor feature, oh. he doesn't have a J Rock, uh, Absol, none of them, nobody, Schoolboy, none of them. But I think he has. He has one of the top 10 hip-hop albums of this year. That's just me, you know, being on my soapbox right, right now. Right, But outside of, like, just <clears throat> just the rap I've been listening to, uh, I mean, Marsha Ambrose just dropped a new album. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm getting into my bag, my R&B bag with that. I think it's dope for what I've been listening to. And Case reared his head up. You know, really? Like, yes, Case. Case, Case has a new album out called Therapy. 
Uh, he has a song with Teddy Riley and Tank, Fire. Mm-hmm. And he has a song with Slim from Point Slim on here. I actually enjoy Talk about a, a blast. Yeah, right, like right. a blast on the past. Like, it's like, <laughs> and, and that's the thing, people. When your singers of yesteryear drop an album in this, this new climate, check it out. Right. Because they deserve our support and our streams and all of that shit, right. too. Right. But if you want a true R&B album, not anything that sounds like what it sounds like today, this is an R&B album. It's good. That's dope. Yeah. So, Ralph already highlighted the recent album. Now, I was, I was, I can't say late because I ain't even been out a week yet. No. Nah. <laughs> I listened to it after him. He put, he told me about it and my God, that yeah. shit is fire. Yeah. Like, the song Corrupt, that's like that's tied for top song of the year. Like no lie, no bullshit. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Like, and the story. Let, let's go back to that. Right. Now the storytelling on Colored Dreams slash Killers Part Two. Mm, come on, man! It's coming from the perspective of somebody killing somebody and having to go to jail and a disappointment of their mother. Yeah. Like him telling, like, "I am your biggest mistake." Like he's really regretful in the song, and you feel the emotion, like. He's talking about all the emotions he went through before he was going to jail when he was being arraigned. All, all that. And I love that song. Mm-hmm. It like, I've clearly, I've never been through any of that type of shit. But <laughs> if I can feel that through the music, the shit dope. Yeah. The shit yeah. dope. You put your words together real well. Yeah. yeah. Now, I just listened to <clears throat> an interview with Mario. He you got an album track. out. Yeah. Oh, it was out? Mm-hmm. It's out now. Now, see, I, I want to check that out. So, I think I'm going to check that out. Now, I'm looking at the track list. He doesn't have any features. And it's only 38 minutes. Oh, I can get through that on the way to work. Oh, see, now that's that's the beautiful thing about streaming. I think people are just making more. Like you can you can get a real long album, like right. a, you can get a Chris Brown audio book, or you can get a real short, you know, thirty minute joint. That mega right. church ass album. <laughs> <laughs> mega church. We, we we had a conversation, right? And Johnny, you can probably you might even agree with this, even though you don't really rock with like their music all the way. Mm-hmm. But would you support a Drake and Chris Brown album? Honestly, I think I would. Yeah, Not, like. Like, don't really they don't expect anything from it, but, like, what is going to be? Right. Like, <laughs> I don't really fool with Drake singing, uh-huh. but I fool with Chris Brown rapping. And I, I know he going to spit something. Like, yeah. it ain't going to be all tracks of Chris Brown rapping, but, yeah. you know. And, and I think that, like, they just recently made up in, in this whole climate with all that stuff, too. Like, well, they, they followed each other right. on Instagram. So, I was like, okay, whatever. But, People put so much weight in this shit. <laughs> that well, would be like, uh, well, shout out to my... Uh, my self-appointed mentor, uh, Fresh Atlanta. She, would, <laughs> I would call that album "Memoirs of a Red Bone," because yeah, See, yeah they yeah. two hella emotional, light skinned dudes. But listen, yeah. they would give the, us the, some. The, the <laughs> we gonna get from that. The 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 club tracks. The the all oh, like oh, the, ima- the emotional four page letters. <laughs> you know what? Y'all y'all know bad meets evil. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will call them sad meets emo. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to get that off. It came to my head. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can highlight two uh, female artists that I've been listening to, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, I love her. She's a rapper out of Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't and- say city girls. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Lay forty seven. Oh, I love Lakele. I love her. So check her check her out. Just, you know, some good stuff out there. So. That's what's up. I keep hearing about a female rapper by the name of Tierra Wack. Never heard of I haven't got I haven't listened to anything, but I like I'm hearing a lot about her and how dope she is. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm gonna try to check her out soon too. 
And it's another um, rapper, a female. I think her name, she goes by uh, Rico, Rico Nasty or something like that. She's dope too. So check that out. Yeah. I haven't really, I'm really like an old school person. So I really haven't been listening to a lot of new music and I'm real kind of neo soul too. So kind of like Janae Eco, the Trip album. I love mm-hmm. that album. Like I play it every yes. day. Yes, I love it. It's so, it's real vibey. And um, another person I've been listening to is Jungle Pussy. Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> it's another artist that I like is um, Radiant Children. Okay. I like them. A lot of them are featured on the um, Insecure soundtrack, too. If yeah. y'all. Well, Right. Since, since since that's the segue, well, you might as well just right. don't stop there. <laughs> so go, so go right, right. Did I do that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> so, a beautiful segue, love. But now let's get into it. Like the feature presentation of this podcast is our Insecure Season Three recap. Season Three of the critically acclaimed show, produced and starred in by Issa Rae. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Season three. Now, let's just ask this general overall question. What is your thought on the season before we get into this breakdown? Ladies? Yeah. I really like season three. I know a mm-hmm. lot of people have been saying that they didn't like it, but I really think that season <clears throat> three kind of really really tackled what it's like to be 30-something and black and professional. Mm-hmm. And um, also about the mental health issues that some of, us are now encountering in our lives and um just how your friends are at different <clears throat> levels and i really think it really kind of just reviewed that well and i liked it it was more like a setup season to me mm-hmm. yeah i would uh say the same thing i i you know i was going back and forth with people on the timeline they talk about how much they hated it and it you know it was just kind of like it wasn't really that good, but I'm like, if you really pay attention, like Shadi say, it's really um, showcasing what thirty somethings go through. I feel like it was a tra- you know transitional seed planting yeah. season, and I feel like everything is not um, dramatic and over the top all the time. Like there's that's times what people expect, right? And they the expect time. that, but that's not how you know we're all thirty somethings in the room. Like a lot of the time, it's just us hustling. We go to work, we yeah. come home, you know, we. Um, we cook and clean and we just live for a while and then you have like the, the ups and downs but you you know you kind of just see Issa really digging her heels into who she is right. she's trying she's really finding herself and being comfortable again and it's it, that's just what it is it you got to take it for what it is. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I would have to say that I really felt like, too, that Issa really grew a lot this season. Yeah. I would equate this season to, like, season two of The Wire. Wow. I would say that because if you... If Boring you, but necessary. Like, it's, it's like it's just kind of just kind of mundane. You just see different people doing different things, but it's a setup for something great. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's... It's a necessary evil. That's why I would say this this season is necessary. You may not got, you know, the spark that you needed, but it was definitely necessary to kind of see where everybody is going to officially go. Right. right. So. I, actually, I actually enjoyed this season more than season two, to be honest. Hmm. Like, I don't even, like, I barely remember season two. Like, I remember the highlights, but I don't mm-hmm. remember, like, the, 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 the deep cuts of the yeah. season. Mm-hmm. So, see, season three to me was great. Yeah. It wasn't that much going on but yeah. like the lady said it's so much being set up for yeah. season 4 yeah. 
I, I I appreciate the season two for what it was. It's just you know like everybody's saying I'll echo those sentiments. It's just how it's just tying a lot of stuff together. You're seeing things develop that could blossom or fall apart. Uh, yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. So we're gonna go by episode. Uh, we can. I mean, well, you know, it's eight episodes. I don't think it's a lot to really, you know, unpack. True. But uh, let's let's start episode one right. Issa crashes on Daniel's couch and tries to save up extra cash. And then Molly is like, you know, I think she's just coming back from vacation. Mm-hmm. Issa's a, a Lyft driver. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot going on. Right. In episode one, not a lot, but a lot to right. to, to unpack. So when the episode first started, and. Daniel is putting in work yeah, in the bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did we all think that was Issa? Oh, yeah. At the beginning? Yeah. I think they set it up well, to they, make you, you think you, that, that that's what there was. Because I, I mean, feel like those were her vocals, like, at, right at the beginning <laughs> when they switched. And it, 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 sound like. it was a good transition, too, because I think it was multiple women that he showed. Because at first it was like a, dark, uh, a woman of the same complexion as Issa. Then you see the skin lighting up as somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, that I didn't notice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Y'all kind of see that Issa is on the couch, the same, like the couch that she was giving Lauren's grief about. Yeah. So she, at this point, I would say she hit her rock bottom or what it looked yeah. like to be her rock bottom. So that's what we, we see like, okay, because when it left off, we see her knocking on Daniel's door. Yeah. And he let her in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, nobody called Issa homeless though, but um, I'm off that. Yeah, because technically she was. Yeah. I mean, at least she wasn't living out of her car. Daniel was a good friend. Yeah, and Daniel, <laughs> Daniel's, um, I don't know, Daniel was just <clears throat> all over the place. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this by episode now that I'm yeah. thinking about it. But I it's think- just, Daniel was just all over the place this season. Like, his emotions were easy because at first he didn't want her around, and you do want her around, and then what happened to his girlfriend at the time? I'm not really but sure. I, just but I think that was necessary, though, mm-hmm. because I think... In season two, a lot of people kind of made Daniel like the golden the next, child the next guy. Yeah. of like Issa, like, oh, Issa should be with Daniel. And I was definitely one of those people, mm-hmm. but we only really saw the highlights of Daniel. We didn't get the meat of who Daniel was as a person. And when you get into it, you be like, uh, Daniel ain't really right for Issa either because he can't make up his mind. And I think in season one, we see, I mean, episode one, we see um, Issa really struggle with setting boundaries with Daniel because... He in here busting people down, but he doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he's hurt. Yeah, he so. hurt. He in there busting people down and doing it on purpose. And she's sitting there with the with the ghost face. You know that face <laughs> that Issa do when she bug her eyes. But um, and she and she confront him about it later in the episode. Kind of like you know, I still got feelings for you, and you be bringing these girls. Like, could you just give me a heads up? Daniel a dick, by the way, too. He Daniel was not. He's no different than Lawrence was. How so? I, I mean, I feel like when they were in that, they Lawrence and Daniel get into that space to where if they don't get what they want, mm-hmm. they act out or they attack who's next to them. I, I just feel like at that time, Daniel was seen as a, a savior mm-hmm. or as that friend. You have to think that he was he was in that conversation with her while she was still with uh with Lawrence. Lawrence. He was going along with the whole thing, looking for, well, I'm gonna finally get what I want and then when he doesn't get it, he gets his feelings hurt and he acts out. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Lawrence was doing the same thing. So they weren't that different. Yeah, so Daniel Daniel and Lawrence are kind of the same in the fact that they're insecure about their careers. Lawrence was 
insecure about whoop de whoop and Daniel was insecure about his beat making, basically saying that um the other guy got famous while he got good. And I think that in both of those relationships, Issa was kind of like a pushing force. But the difference is she actually had more care for Daniel than she did for Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And But I think she was instrumental in trying to be like that sounding board and trying to help them. But they both were so into their own insecurities and feelings that they couldn't see past it. But... Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people go through that in like entre- entrepreneurship where mm-hmm. they see other people who they feel like are less qualified than them getting ahead. Yeah. And really it might be your own insecurities that's, that's keeping you back or your own lack of um, commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, like pointing out Daniel's um, like shortcomings or insecurities, however you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Like when they went to the club that night how insecure he was with the interactions with the people that could really help. Right. And yeah. Issa was like a, a good medium because she knew these guys mm-hmm. and yeah. she was able to put him in those spaces or at least introduce him and he made it even more awkward right. when he's being introduced. So it's like, uh, yeah. and then the moment where he produces the beat, I'm not sure who that guy was to him, but I know he was like the, the artist right-hand man or producer or something they like that. They all went this. I mean, they all, the producer and Daniel went, and Issa all went to high school together. Okay, okay. And, and then he, he, like, you know, the the, the produ- I mean, the beat was produced. Daniel was stating his ways about the, it should be like this. Mm-hmm. And then the guy said, hey, add these drums. He'll love it. Yeah. Okay, what's wrong with that? But Daniel had to, you know, I understand Daniel's side, but hey, bro, this beat is going to like, yeah. it's going to a hot artist. Like right. you can, you can, you can be artistic <clears throat> later. Right. Right. It yeah. was kind of like with him, like, how are you hating outside the club? Mm-hmm. As far as Daniel, Issa was basically telling him, it doesn't matter what he wants, give him what he wants until you get into the room and then you can do right. what you want to do. Right. And Daniel was just so, you know, stuck on this is how I wanted, this is how it should sound. And yeah. I mean, you've already outed yourself out the door before you even got a chance. Now, in Daniel's defense, though, mm-hmm. I can un- I understand where he came from. Now, mm-hmm. granted, yeah, he probably should have just let the beat be changed to get his foot in the door. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just saying I understand. Yeah. When you work on something so hard and then somebody mm-hmm. comes and completely changes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but the thing is, before that meeting, him and the producer had already talked about him changing the beat. Mm-hmm. So uh, the beat that the producer had it was something that him and Daniel had already worked on. Daniel had brought his original beat yeah. and played it for the and played artists. it like this. So you you know you you playing yourself in front of everybody. You right. didn't already embarrass yourself in front of the artist, his people, and the producer because you in your feelings about. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not how I want it. It's either all or nothing. And you can't be in a situation when you're trying to get on. Sometimes you gotta you gotta scale back. Yeah. And, 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 and oh, go ahead, sorry. sorry. Even if he wanted to like compromise and do like his beat in the beginning, like just play his original beat, kind of like you know how some songs start off like with that slow beat, and then they crank up with the drums and all mm-hmm. that stuff like that. He could have did it like that, but I think that he is just so hell-bent on him being better than the producer. Yeah. That his pride gets in the way in a lot of the situations that he was in. Even when they was trying to get in the club and the producer was like, oh, I got y'all. Come on. And he was like, nah. And Issa was like, come on, man. Like, (laughs) this your opportunity, basically. Right. Yeah. And like like you said, pride. Pride is very, very strong. Like, when you're willing to stick to your guns 
and like after the fact he never talked to the producer or probably tried to get in contact with him I'm not saying he had to call and apologize but mm-hmm. he don't call and smooth things over mm-hmm. because that's still a valuable connection that you have right right yeah so yeah. and then he helped Issa move out and we ain't see him no more <laughs> and, and it's funny how they, they set that up with Molly being there and the Biden, Biden. yeah yep. That, yep. that was that was interesting but it's like I don't think Daniel will be back, and if he does, it'll be like a crazy cam, like a crazy reintroduction. I think he will because we got introduced to his family in the beginning. Oh yeah. So and it, it we kind of like I said, I feel like it's the seed planting thing. So mm-hmm. we're gonna actually really see who Daniel is instead of just seeing him through the lens of Issa. Yeah. Next so, time we see him, he's gonna be a super producer. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, so speaking of Molly, let's talk. Let's talk about Dro, right? Yeah. So Dro, fucking <laughs> the, the, the face, the face, <laughs> right? The, the faces that they made. Dro, um, honestly, he he has like the best situation that you can have <laughs> in this in this season of Insecure. Basically, mm-hmm. he, he's married, mm-hmm. but Molly has allowed him to bas- get a key to his house. Mm-hmm. Take her out anytime she wants. He mm-hmm. wants to mm-hmm. have sex whenever he wants to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Molly mm-hmm. brought this all on herself. What do you guys think? For first, I got a bone to pick with the writers in the writers' room for this because I think they were trying to uh, imply that Dro and his wife are into you know a polygamous or a third type of situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think they wrote that right because it went from um, him. Sorry, Sneaking on his wife, then he has he's allowed to have somebody else, and it goes back and forth. I don't know if they did that correctly. If that's that's where they're trying to go. Or the, the only thing is, I don't think like the wife has ever like confirmed any of this, so that's why it's kind of cloudy, right? I think no. I think it again. Like I think this is like a setup, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, they did go back and forth. But you remember on the beginning? I think it was the beginning of the first episode where Dro was laying in the bed and he was like oh I'm still at Molly house and mm-hmm. it was in the morning like they had yeah. just woke up so I think that maybe she does know and she doesn't care and that's why she confronted Molly again at the baby shower yeah I mean not confront her but but kind of like I think as a, a woman like you know when you can get to somebody so it's just kind of like I'm gonna just fuck with her but is it and correct me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Poly, poly, polyamorous. Yeah, is that poly. the, is that the same as open like an open marriage? Like, no, 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 no. That's, that's having multiple. Because women. the thing, because what it seems like is that Candace she knows, and I, maybe she accepts it. I don't know, but they aren't like all going out together. They don't live together. Like oh, Candace yeah. and Molly aren't like. Yeah, sister wives. Yeah, yeah, like right. That's why I had an issue with it because they didn't, they didn't set it up correctly. Mm -hmm. That's why I was kind of getting it confused because it it is known that you know Candace, I guess she knows or Mm -hmm. is cool with it, Mm -hmm. but it's just the way that they presented it. So it it went from it was going back and forth to like him possibly cheating on his wife to him being cool and she knowing where he's at, and then it goes back to this uncomfortable type of thing between him and Molly, and it's kind of like. Where are y'all going with that? Right. That's that's where my whole gripe was, but yeah. So in episode two, I believe it was, Molly actually got to a point where she wanted to set up set boundaries. Mm-hmm. So she talk, she says to Dro, 
we're either acquaintances we fuck or we're friends we don't fuck which one is it mm-hmm. and he deferred to her and she chose to be acquaintances they fuck and the next day she didn't really enforce that because he called her to see how her uh, case went or something mm-hmm. like yeah and he was like oh that's great let's celebrate and she was like alright okay but I, I mean, I think it's just art imitating life. It's a lot of uh, people who have been in those situations where they be like, I'm done with this nigga. I ain't mm-hmm. talking to him no more. And then he call a text. He'd be like, let me go just talk to him real quick or something like that. And I think that, that that's what it is. It's just art imitating life. And it's showing the, the real life of like, this was her friend first. So that's already hard for her to cut off. And it wasn't just like any little random friend. It was her best friend. Like mm-hmm. her childhood friend. They know everything about each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard for him too. Like he wants. He definitely wants his cake and eat it too. Course, he yeah. wants and Molly. He, had it. he did. He wants Molly. But he don't want to give her what she wants. Yeah. So he wants to maintain the power in their relationship. But yeah, the thing is Molly. I don't think she ever knew what she wanted with Dro. I think she wanted drove. She wanted the benefit of being his, I guess, girlfriend or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, she wanted a real relationship with yeah. him and she couldn't have it because he's yeah. married. And she's settling. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that all came to a head when he popped, like he was just sitting in her apartment waiting for her to get home. And then yeah. they got into a conversation. He says, "Don't don't mention what me and my wife do." So, exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think that's when it hit her. Like, okay, I really can't do this. Yeah. I really can't do this. Right. But he's only doing what she allows. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like he got a key to her place and all this other stuff is coming. Too like, much access. He gave a married right. man a key to your spot. Exactly. And then she she got called out for it later on in the season. And yeah. Yeah. I she got this. Hit a nerve. Molly got this warp reality of of this this relationship that she wants mm-hmm. but she don't really see she don't want to hear about what she got going on it's almost like i see what i see and yep. then that's it and anybody that tells her about herself she kind of just vision. right yeah. because yeah. she can, can control that like so yeah. well, let's talk about molly in her work situation because a lot of that stuff was starting to you know snowball and she was just dealing with a lot personally and professionally mm-hmm. now molly has left her old firm which was uh, pretty much a white predominantly white firm right. mm-hmm. she goes to an all black firm you see all this black excellence and Molly is having such a culture shock because a lot of the things that the old firm does the new firm doesn't right. or they do it a different way and she's not shy about saying that to them mm-hmm. oh well my old firm did this my old firm did this my old firm like you know mm-hmm. and even like the partners was like you know they, <laughs> like, they start joking on like, right. like in meetings you're <laughs> trying to compare these firms, but the white firm wasn't give you, even giving you the the cases that you were looking for. They wasn't giving you the status that you wanted. It wasn't moving you up. Right. Then you go to a black firm where you can see yourself into these people. You can really grow, and then you're comparing them to the place that you essentially hated. Right. Yeah. And then you wouldn't. Get, they weren't giving you what you were looking for. So she came there and kind of just dumped on them and expecting to get the same things that she was getting there, but to kind of maneuver around her people and it's you can't really do that right and i think that molly also like her work her work relationships mirror her in personal relationships Mm -hmm. she doesn't know what she wants so she didn't come in with a plan so she's just trying to hop on to what is going to get her to the top fastest like she tried to bond with the women and then she shot them off for the dude that she hated and then the um the dude you know he was like 
pompous anyway. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't going for it when Molly was like, I'm going to just go ahead and do the work and, yeah. Yeah. and turn it in. And I think that Molly needs to learn how to compromise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in both personal and work relationships. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to find herself by herself the way she maneuvers. And, and that's and what that, he was saying, right? Right. That's mm-hmm. kind of where she was... Uh, that's kind of where we left her at the end of the season. Like, you know, Issa went off on her for interfering with Nathan, which mm-hmm. we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't... It wasn't her place. Like, she projected her own feelings onto somebody else's situation and mm-hmm. it came to a head and that's when Issa let her know like you know you gotta stop being so damn negative all the time like yeah. I, I want to make sure that I'm okay with my situation so I want to communicate with these people and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not something Molly does yeah, yeah. and she's starting to dump on her friends too it's kind of like the situation at work is terrible mm-hmm. the situation with Dro is, is not in the best light so now she's kind of taking it out on Issa like just a lot of mean things or snide things that she said th- to her throughout the season right so it's kind of like Molly like she really blew me this season like I was just over her and then with Andrew like we gotta get into that too like somebody that was you know becoming a budding love interest like you can tell on the at least that first day that they showed them on they they had a good chemistry right like they, they got along well then that second date went straight to hell because he he threw a jab and she's still sensitive right but I, she was throwing jabs too like it was it was, it was all a playful a, it was back and forth. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. But she, he made that joke about Dro, she wasn't going. <laughs> and that's because she hasn't really healed from Dro. Like, yeah. even in the episode, she didn't, she hasn't mentioned it to her therapist. Right. Yeah. So, which yeah. means that she was leaving something out. Yeah. And she hasn't even, like, took it head on or head first with him. Because she, in her, in the back of her mind, I think she still wants it to be how she wants it mm-hmm. to be instead yeah. of accepting it for what it is. Right. And, she, and she was apprehensive about even going on a date with him because she said, I'm going to end up with a black man anyway, so what's the difference? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you still holding on to this 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 fairy tale with Dro. It's kind of like, you have this thing about what you want in a husband and a family, but you hanging on to a married man, and then yeah. you don't want to go on a date with Andrew because he's not black. So it's kind of like, you don't even know what you want. So it's kind of, she's just, Miley, she found herself in this, this place of, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I want to go, where I want to be. And she's trying to figure it out, but her figuring it out, she's crumbling because she always had her life set up. Yeah. And it's not going nowhere that she wants it to be right. at this point. So. I at least give her that she called Andrew and apologized. And that's something that we can go forward with maybe in season four. I think that's because Issa went off on her. Yeah. Had mm-hmm. Issa not acknowledged like her fuck-ups, she probably wouldn't have, she still wouldn't have wouldn't have called Andrew. I was I actually went to Atlanta this weekend and so they talked a little bit about insecure mm-hmm. and in there they were saying that um they know a lot of women like Molly, um, who are beautiful, have this great job making money, but they feel some type of way because they don't have the partner mm-hmm. that they want. And I think again, it's kinda just like our imitating life where it's people who have this certain stature but and they have a tunnel vision of what they think they should have mm-hmm. when it's really not what's going to be the best for them. Right. And then the way she treated, um, what's his name, Jared? Oh, yeah. Well, I love Jared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the final episode. Right. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that whole thing. We're not going to go into that. That's a deeper issue about the way she feel about him oh, having that experience she. with that guy. And she just assumed that he was gay and that was his brother and all this other shit. So it's kind of like... You don't even know what you want, and then you do that to him. And 
Molly just she has to just really find out what Molly who Molly is. who she yeah she don't even because she like I said she's um I think I said this in episode eight that she has kind of built herself around <laughs> her profession so that's all she knows Molly to be but she don't really know who Molly the the woman the girl is right. so right yeah and she uh stop trying to take over everybody's case and move up she can Fast. just she, she could just do you know do her work and then in the evenings mm-hmm. just be with herself see what she wants to do what does she like so yeah she's on we're, we're seeing Molly unravel yeah. for the first time so hopefully like really that's unravel true. no you're right that's really true and Issa let that ass know on that last episode it's like hey need to chill the fuck out it, it actually seems like I know they've had fights in the past yeah but it seems like this may have caused some type of rift where they might take a break from each other I don't know if that's true but mm-hmm. just from me looking at it it's mm-hmm. like alright that's re- like that's kind of real that was serious yeah, yeah. so alright so uh, speaking of Molly and Issa's friends mm-hmm. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Tiffany and Kelly um Let's, let's let's talk about Tiffany first. Okay. So Tiffany still pregnant. She hasn't yeah. had her, she hasn't had her baby yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see her. We actually see her be vulnerable. This is something we haven't seen from her before. Yeah. When they went to Coachella, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next morning, when her and Issa went and got uh, beverages or whatever. Yeah. We see her open up and say she doesn't know. She doesn't really know like how to attack what's next because she's going to have her baby and she know the baby's going to require a lot of time so she yeah. won't be able to hang, she won't be able to hang out as much she won't be able to do as much with her friends mm-hmm. so so what do we guys think about tiffany in this situation uh the fear of the unknown like you know you becoming a parent she's a first-time parent um you know the baby is near right. and you know i'm pretty sure it's, you know it's having wear and tear on her body physically you know uh, emotionally and all that stuff so when she has that moment with Issa, which is very rare because it seems like Issa and Tiffany don't have those that dynamic. Yeah. Right. And for her to open up and say, "I don't feel like I'll be myself," like you feel like it, it feels like the baby will tear her away from them right. as a as a, a collective of friends. And that was Tiffany's plight, from what I was looking at. I think um, with Tiffany, that's the character that we know the least about. Like, yeah. we don't really know much about Tiffany. Um, she is also the character who seems that she has it the most together mm-hmm. out of everybody. And I think um, that this season kind of touched on her insecurities of of what it's like to be with to be maybe be alone and be without her friends and the fact that she said I ate a weed cookie just so I could kick it with y'all and she drunk that champagne like or wine or whatever it was just mm-hmm. so she could feel like she was part of the moment yeah. and um, I think that for her she was like damn like I'm questioning myself to still um, see if I can have this friendship and I think that that's something that people go through in life like you you don't keep the same friends through like mm-hmm. you outgrow people and maybe tiffany is outgrowing east of them possibly because yeah. the whole was it the crazy crew yeah that that other group the, of friends the, that they didn't even know that no, she, she had, had. <laughs> and they planned her entire baby shower 
and Molly and them, they weren't privy to what was going on. Right. And, and those friends seemed more Tiffany <laughs> Speed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we was that the, their house? Yeah. We, mm-hmm. Well, no, that was somebody else's house, right? Well, they were uh, Tiffany's sister's house, wasn't it? Or it something, was something like, like that. that. It was it someone was... else's home. Yeah. I just remember those paintings of her, <laughs> those <laughs> pregnant paintings of her, like, as Beyonce, as Cardi B. Yeah. I thought that shit was hilarious. Yeah, like, this, okay, this is Tiffany. Yeah. If I expected her to be any type of way, it would be this way for her to have these type of paintings in, in her yeah. house. Yeah, but that's a, that's a good segue because we're always talking about the baby shower and Kelly. Let's right. get into the character Kelly. Now, I think her this season, we we got a deeper uh, understanding of Kelly because we always get the, the, the comedy. We always get the, you know, the slide remarks and all that. But you actually seen Kelly be vulnerable and insecure this time, too. And I think that's what I wanted to see from Kelly, too, because, you know, we want more of Kelly because we enjoy her as a character. But to know what she's struggling with. Mhm. I think because um, I think her and Tiffany are the closest. Yeah. Um, in the friend group, and you kind of see that there's a a weak link there between them that she felt like. So I'm your best friend. You didn't tell me about a baby shower. I don't know anything that's going on. I made this cake. I come here. And you got your friends saying crazy shit to me. Right. I don't. You know. It's like I don't even know you anymore. Like you can tell that Kelly already felt the way about. Okay, my best friend is pregnant this could potentially you know come in between what we got going on so you kind of see her losing her spot like she always was the relief between them and you know kelly always seemed so confident it's then the third so you kind of see a crack in in the seal so yeah yeah I mean, Kelly is like my favorite character because she be checking people and I love it because I mean, it's it's just always um I love the writing of this show because it seems like for some people that Kelly should be the most insecure when really mm-hmm. she's the most secure out of the friend group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she really does have like her shit together and she and even though she is a miss, she knows she a miss <laughs> and she embraces oh, she it. owns it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what I love about her. Mm-hmm. But just like start like let's start before we even get to the bullshit with Kelly. <laughs> like um like she she was uh she's a financial counselor I'm assuming like I don't think we ever really established but you know I know she works with money right and you know Issa went to see her for credit counseling and budgeting and all of that and just the commentary that she gave Issa. She's like, this is good, this is fair, and this is easy. So I was like, damn. At the bottom. <laughs> At the it's bottom. True. But it's it's funny, like, Kelly's, like, interactions this season. And then we can jump straight to it, if y'all want to. The Coachella episode. Yes. <laughs> Probably the oh best episode God. of the series. Yeah. Period. Period. Yes. Yes. Man, where do we even start? Like, <laughs> it, Okay. They, like, Issa already, like, she's, she, Issa has quit her job, but we'll get back to Issa. But Issa's, you know, she's unemployed at this time. Um, so Coachella is really in the like we can go do this right mm-hmm. and Molly tried to flake on him because she tried to she was trying to impress at the uh, law firm mm-hmm. so they finally got Molly on board they go up to you know Palm Springs they have this big old house and they t- uh, uh, I think uh, Kelly had took an edible before <laughs> before oh, man. she had timed it perfectly <laughs> she was like I was supposed to be doing this before this <laughs> it kicked in so just just thinking about it like they you know it was a a great night a great weekend with friends like even though you know tiffany's there and she's pregnant i don't think she brought down anybody's spirits everybody was you know Mm -hmm. ready to chill and turn up and then it's the night of the actual concert everybody's on a molly molly 
Molly squared. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, Issa and her love interest, her most mostly love interest this season, uh, Nathan was actually up at Coachella as well. And you see them uh, interact at that pool party. And Issa was the one that kind of curated the whole thing for them to go to the pool party. Because yep. they weren't even going to do that. She yep. wanted to go see Nathan. Exactly. Which is where Molly met um, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then, so after Coachella, I guess on their way out from Coachella, mm-hmm. uh, we have what I feel like is a hilarious scene, but I was a little conflicted, where Kelly gets tased. <laughs> 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 now, at, at first I was like, at first I was like, oh shit, she getting tased, and it PTSD from yeah, my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But then she says, "Don't remember me like this. Remember and me she, different. Right? Remember, remember, yeah. <laughs> and I she died. rolled over with that West by I, I died. I died. Oh <laughs> and then God. she took a selfie before she fell. Like I just, I love her. I love her character so much. And like ninety, I think like ninety percent of her lines are ad lib. I was gonna say, yeah. I wanted yeah. that she was improvised. Cause yeah. man, that shit was hilarious. She's like, she's like Beyonce started. This. She's gonna run it. Oh man, oh man. But I loved it. And that was then, so ignorant. Now everybody's going off of these drugs, and Issa has snuck away with Nathan to the the Ferris wheel, and they have impromptu high sex, which happens. Uh, I, I'm glad I didn't see anything pieces about safe sex this this season. Thank, mm-hmm. thank oh, you. Yes, they thank were. you. Time I, no, oh, they were. Yes, they were. They were. I hate y'all. But um, it, come on. I, man. I just enjoyed that whole episode. Oh, sidebar. No, I was gonna oh, say. Okay, like, go go for it. The whole safe sex thing. Of course, we want people to practice safe sex. Cool. But this is a TV show. <laughs> These people didn't know they was gonna be in a Ferris wheel. Art imitates life. Now, if y'all out here, now if y'all out here smanging in public. I'm pretty sure you didn't have time for that. Do I'll people carry? <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. <laughs> 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 Fuck, I forgot where I was going. Chad. Chad okay. <laughs> Talk about Chad, man. God. So, I, I, so our first appearance of Chad this season was actually on a on a bench, on park bench. Remember when? <laughs> With that Bluetooth. Yeah. In <laughs> Why does my man have a Bluetooth in this? Because he's a professional man. Like that, that that signifies that you're professional. But the shit was loose. Like it, it wasn't was... even like on securely. Like it was funny. And then Issa and Nathan basically flaming him the whole time. Yeah, and that was yeah, funny. Yeah. Um. But then we. Was this after Coachella when we saw? Well, well, the king, the king, the king comes back. Lawrence comes back at the end of the Coachella episode, and I must say, my man's looks amazing. He came, pause. He came from behind them snacks. <laughs> Let me say something. Skin, skin was going. Yes, I see you. I see you. I see you. That's how they get you. He moisturized, standing by snacks. <laughs> My man's was glowing. Uh, he, he looked he amazing. Like, he did look amazing. Yes, he did. <laughs> That's because Lawrence was out here blowing back. Okay. We're talking about all flavors. He was shutting it down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll shit, get to it. So on the couch. Poor Lawrence. So we see we see Lawrence come from behind the snacks. And yes. we saw we saw Issa's face like oh, light up. Like <laughs> So on the next episode, we see Lawrence. Flat, uh, where has Lawrence been? And yeah. we saw my man's was getting it in. A lot of flat back fucking. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so much to the point. My yeah. guy, my guy caught caught that shit. Yeah. Caught an STD, yeah. STI. Yeah, that happened. So, being the responsible person Lawrence is, 
He did. He did. He did contact all of his previous um, endeavors. I would say the pain. And, and man, it was a lot of them. Yeah, it was a lot of them. I was like, Shit. so much to the point that he called one that was a potential. Right. That he had <laughs> and she was like, "What? We ain't that." Oh, my bad. Oh, my fault. But um, Lawrence seems to be flourishing in, in his job. He just yeah. seems to be flourishing in life. Um, so I. It's great to see him come back. Now, mm-hmm. the interactions between him and Issa since he's been back have been really interesting. Um, yeah. It seems like they both have moved on. Yeah. Uh, they can be cordial. They can sit and have conversations mm-hmm. like real friends. Yeah. I think I think that's a great thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I, I like, like your take on that. They do seem like they have moved on, but yet they're still single, so it's not like they've you know, not saying that's what you need to move on, but right. it's just it seems like they're so good together mm-hmm. that may be a possibility. That's that's all I'll I'll go there. And and it also seems like there's no it seems like there's no stress of trying to like please each other. Like yeah. they're both have they both have been living their own life and now they can just come back and be like, Well, you know, this is what's going on, this is what's happening to me, yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And it makes the conversation organic and yeah. to the point where they can just sit and laugh with each other. That's not something we really saw from them in the yeah. past. Because I think they can see themselves, see each other without it being some type of romantic attachment. They yeah. really see them, who they are, as, as people, as friends, who they yeah. were before they um, got into a relationship. So it's kind of like they are in like a happier place separately. And they're right. able to come <clears throat> together and actually have a conversation without it being a what if or I'm still in love or whatever. Especially since both of them seem to be at a good point in their lives. Yeah. Just period. You know? Yeah. But I think it's still kinda of like a little spark there. Like yeah. there's, there's a you know admiration and there's gonna be love and there's like a possibility of just seeing him again or seeing her again and just the way they look, maybe the way they smell kind of, you know, sparks some type of memory that they had before. Especially since they both going. Mm-hmm. Especially Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Lawrence is at that point now that he's, you know, they're in their 30s so his biological clock is ticking. Like, Lawrence is really a, um, a relationship guy. Mm-hmm. So him being out there and him catching the STD was like a signal of okay this is not even you right. that's not right. how you roll and that's not even how him how he is he was just trying to get the hurt out I guess the way that he, he knows how to do yeah but he really flourishes in being with someone like he loves love he loves relationships that's where he's most comfortable that he feels but I think he still needs to realize he still needs that time by himself to figure out who he is yeah so I, he's still kind of fighting himself with that. I see. Yeah. But remember when everybody thought Lawrence was coming back? <laughs> everybody was, oh, we don't even need Lawrence. Goodbye, good riddance. And then my man's just, right. just showed King, up. King back, like, right, right. Just fucking up <laughs> But like, let's talk about Lawrence. Like, 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 um, Anna was saying, um, he he was at the bar. He was having that moment with Chad, which is not the best friend to have your moment with. But he, <laughs> well, Chad said, was going through too. So. Yeah, but he's like, I'm 32. I can't keep doing this. And then you know, one random day, um, I think Chad wanted to do something on Sunday. You know, probably like brunch or some shit. And he wanted to, uh, you know, he's like, I, you know, I don't think I can really do it. And then Lawrence just broke down and said, Man, I'm going to church. Yeah. He's like, What? You going to church? Like, okay, well, I'll go with you. He's like, all right. You know, Chad was like, oh, it's bitches there, too. Like, as you know, someone's long up the room. So, <laughs> at church, you know, you have the typical, you know, preacher that wants to use the proper references and stuff like that in the middle of their sermon. So, that's kind of like, uh, whatever. Give me a word, bro. Right. But 
that's how Lawrence was feeling. And then Chad went up there and got saved, probably for all the wrong reasons. Uh, <laughs> and after service, um, this young lady introduces herself to Lawrence. Um, she, she's been a member of the church, I think she said, for like a year. Now, I never mm-hmm. really call her name. Me either, actually. Oh, okay. It's not the same girl, though. Oh, is that? No. Hmm. Yeah, that's not the same chick. Then. Oh, at the end? Yeah, that's not somebody different. Oh, okay, that's just somebody different. Yeah. Okay, got you. And then she really wanted Lawrence, like, you know, are you coming to Bible study tonight? Right, like, she like, said she go to church four out of the seven days of the week. Yeah. And Lawrence was like, ooh. Nah, I ain't I with that. I don't know, B. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's up. I think also, we, this is the first time we get to see Lawrence's dad in the interaction with them. Yeah. Yes. And about how, Tressa. um,. Um, Issa, Lauren's dad asked about Issa because Issa was such a part of his life. Mm-hmm. And I think in those moments, you know, it's after a breakup that your parents are usually the ones to bring that person to like, where is such and such? I haven't seen them or heard about mm-hmm. them in a while. And I think <clears throat> too, it, it also kind of pricks that in his mind. Like even with Chad, he was, Chad was like, I mean, yeah, she took me back after I cheated. And I think for Lawrence, he felt like I can't take her back because she cheated on me. Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of sparked a new, um, renewing, a new renewance in, mm-hmm. in his mind of like, okay, maybe I can go back to Issa. Well, his daddy was dropping gems. Like, you know, oh, he was yeah. giving him the game. He's like, y'all don't want to work yeah. for nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because Lawrence think he can just get into a relationship and just be all roses. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't want no no no, no baggage. baggage. And he was like, Well, you know, what you like think? Me, he's like me and your mama's baggage, right? So something like the way he phrased right. it, like because mm, he felt like talk. he <laughs> felt like what he went through was just so traumatic. I can't go through nothing like that again. But it's like you're gonna go through something like that. It may not be to that magnitude, but you're gonna go through something. So you kind of, even though you out there, you have to really understand that when you meet new people, you're gonna be faced with something else. It's always going to be something Mm -hmm. so he's he's kind of like him that's where him and molly have like a correlation of they just want what they want yeah versus they don't want anything else like they got this mode of what they want their wife or the husband to be but they don't want all the other things that come with it yeah so he's trying to figure out um i know i want something you know real again but what do i have to go through to get it so that's where he's at right now. He's like at a crossroads. And I think when they like the when they go back to it and they're catching up, um, Lawrence and Issa, she talks about how she has this idea for a block party and all yeah. that stuff like that. And I think that he sees this spark of passion in her, mm-hmm. and and that makes him also want to be with her again. But then yeah. when they meet back up, I guess like for the second time, and she said, "Oh, she's not on it no more." In his mind, I think he kind of felt like, oh, okay, well, she's still the same person. Mm -hmm. Like, she ain't really changed that much. She's still dropping and putting down ideas. And I really think that's what made him call the girl Mm. uh, from from the movie night for Mm -hmm. that date. Yeah, Right, because he had went out with her before, but because she was divorced, he didn't really want to go out with her again, I think, Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, yeah. Very interesting. And then we found out it's the same chick that Issa had previously talked mm-hmm. to. Yeah. I got a theory about that. Me too. About she, the girl, like the uh, the party planner. <clears throat> I think, because that's Tiffany's girl. I think Tiffany still feels a way about her position with them and how she still kind of feel play. I feel like she set that up. 
between the part the party planner and Lawrence. That's TV oh, that was Tiffany yeah, Homegirl. She was at the she was, she was I didn't know that. when they at were looking the at the yeah, the paintings, but her hair was different. It was like up in like a yeah. bouffant or something. That was old girl. That's yeah. her. Yeah. When, and when he talked Ooh. to her at the paintings. I, yeah. I, I really do think Spicy. that Tiffany, turn in a way, set that up. In a way, Spicy. that's that's my theory, but I may be wrong. But I just it's kind of like it's too close for comfort for that to be. I don't. That's not a coincidence. To I me. didn't. And see, that's not my theory, but that's a good ass theory. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go back and watch. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, my theory is that um, old girl and Issa are gonna link up for to help Issa with the block party, and then she's gonna figure out she's with Lawrence, and Issa is gonna get really jealous and ruin it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I also feel like Issa is gonna be jealous only because of the fact that the girl is everything Issa wanna be. Mm-hmm. And she got her man's right. That it and, I, and I think for because um, when they when Lawrence and Issa saw each other again at um, Issa's like birthday celebration for the Last Dragon, mm-hmm. I think after that conversation with Chad and his dad, he still had in his mind that maybe this could work. Right? Because yeah. you know he all you know all dreamy eyed and seeing her and seeing him and then her saying what she did about the block party it kind of it's almost like he needed something to kind of get him. Back, off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back off of her. It's like I love Issa, I still love her, but she she fucked around on me. I can't get over that, but there may be a possibility because there's that's history there. Yeah. That's- so for her to kind of just be up so up and down with her dreams and whatever, because they had like a role reversal with that. Remember when he was down on you know what he wanted and she was trying to push him and then they reversed. Mm-hmm. I think he ne- kind of needed something to either give him like the answer of yes, I can do this or no, I can't. Yeah. So leaving the, the the movies was kind of like what he was looking for. Dope. Yeah, let's let's go and talk about Issa. Let's get to the the, the main the main character right. of this show. So from the beginning, right? Yeah. Issa is staying on Daniel's couch. Yeah. Her and Daniel they go through they go through their back and forth. The first I would say maybe three episodes, something like that. Um. Issa's still trying to set her boundaries. Uh, she did end up sleeping in the bed with him yeah. to the point where they almost had sex at one point. Yeah. But yeah. She, I, she, she came to her senses was like, you know what? I really can't do this. I really need us to keep these boundaries set. And yeah. I think that was I think that was great that she did that. Yeah. Because it kept it kept her emotions in check. It just kept her in check from wanting to go forward with something that could potentially like derail again, basically. Yeah. Then she meets Nathan. Yeah. The party lift. The party lift. Party lift. Turn up. Right. Now he said, "Damn!" When she started yelling, that that's so that frustrated me so bad. When she was yelling, they was fighting, and they're like, "Pull over!" Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, did anybody else notice the fact that Nathan kind of whooped dude ass? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, he must have been in jail or something. Like, some I don't know. Maybe no martial arts. I don't know, man. But I just thought that was interesting because dude was like much bigger than him. Mm-hmm. Um. So then Nathan comes back uh, a couple episodes later where she dropped her taco. Yeah. Issa drops tacos a lot. Did she drop a taco before? I don't know. Issa's clumsy. She's just awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just everything she does is just awkward. Now, me and Sade have talked about this. But let me ask y'all, right? Mm-hmm. So their first, I guess you could call this their first date when they ran into each other at the taco spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He dared her to break into the house. That she used to live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all doing that on the first date? Um, no. I, oh, damn, I need that. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, 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 
I mean, I said breaking I, and entering, my guy. I said I would only because, like, I'm an adventurous person. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a first date. Somebody dare me to do something. I thought the house was empty, though. I really did. Yeah. I thought it was vacant. Mm-hmm. So if it was a vacant house, yes. But if somebody lived there, probably not. You know, the house wasn't vacant. It wasn't no uh, thing on the front. It wasn't no, no for sale sign. For sale sign. There was no vacant sticker. There was no mm-hmm. lock box on the front door. Well, we don't know. Cause we I don't know. See, you, you acting like these niggas with them condoms. So you got to be too technical right now. Right. All the way back just to say, well, my main question, would y'all break into somebody's house on the first date? To go skinny dipping. I was about to say, break into somebody's <laughs> house. No. They didn't really break in, though. They just went around They just the hopped the fence. Yeah, or, or let's just say the fence, you know. Uh, okay, would y'all, would y'all hop a fence? No. No, I don't I don't think I would. I just, I, I thought that was just real crazy. Like, well, I mean, and sometimes that's that, and that's what sparked their situation or relationship because Issa was just so enthralled with what Dan, I mean, not Daniel, but Nathan and what he was, and you know, how his spirit, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Lysi and Bandy came in and stole the heart. So, like, <laughs> he, um, like I thought that you know, they were like really, really blossoming into to something, right? And, like, he was like kind of, I wouldn't say he was, well, he was pushing her with the uh. Her block party situation, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like very just, supportive. Yeah, being yeah. around and stuff like that, and you know, uh, when she walked away from we got y'all, I thought that was amazing for her. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it was sure long it was overdue. Liberating. Yeah, it was long overdue. I'm I'm happy that she did that because the way that she was being treated. Oh, it was horrible. And then you know, Frida getting the 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 supervisor job of you know this mm-hmm. nonprofit you know situation when Issa probably should have been. The one, and then Issa came to a moment where they were interviewing the black applicant, and she asked, "Do you like it?" And you could see Issa's face just, hmm. Right, because she had been there for five years. Yeah. So the applicant said, "Oh, you've been here for five years. You mm-hmm. must really like it." And it was like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. I definitely don't." <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, all the deflation. Um. So yeah, she. So she quit her job. She got a. Um, so I'm about to call her resident assistant. What do you call uh, her? Uh, well, apartment manager. Apartment manager. Yeah. <laughs> so she she gets reduced rent. So she's moved into her own apartment. Um, now I didn't notice this until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So when she she moved her moved into her apartment, right? And it took a long time for her to actually get everything like set up to where she wants to be, where she wanted to be. But it took that situation with Nathan, which we, you know we're gonna talk about. But it just took all of that. You know what? Let me start getting my shit together. And that's what it symbolized to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Same. same. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because, like, nobody offered to help. Like, um, Molly had been there yeah. several times. Nathan had been there several times. And yeah. nobody actually offered to help her, you know, set up. Like, not yeah. even decorate the whole apartment, but, you know, maybe you want to get stuff out of boxes. But, you know what? Like, when they were clean, I think they were cleaning, and it was symbolism of Molly just helping her, like, you know, you don't need all this. Oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah. throwing uh, throwing a lot of stuff away. Right. Well, true. That's true. That's true. So, I guess we could just get to the shits, right? Yeah. So, Issa and Nathan, right? They've got, you know, they met at Coachella, you know, they're talking, they, they have this great chemistry. Mm-hmm. They get to the point where they say, this is real. Yeah. Like, this is a relationship. We, mm-hmm. we enjoy each other. We enjoy being around each other, yeah. Then Nathan, gone. Ghost. Literally, <laughs> ghost. Mm-hmm. And that ghost in the episode was a motherfucking fool. <laughs> like, my, 
Yo, she rode up to this man where this man was living, when tried to hang into his computer. Use, use Molly as a you know to talk to Andrew, which she she really wasn't trying to. Right, and it, it was a lot going on in that episode, and I was like, what? Like Issa looked like she was going through something, right? Because like I like the POV vision like that they were using in the camera, yeah. and every time she would wake up, you can see her looking at the ceiling, hoping that Nathan would call a text. Mm-hmm. Man, that. That was interesting, and I, I guess I, I guess I understand it because she felt such a a connection, a strong connection, especially a connection that she hasn't felt in the past, at least not with Lawrence, not with Daniel as well. Like this is a completely different energy she's getting from him that she really liked. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he ghosted her and she was like, "Oh my God, where where is he?" to the point where she wanted to go snoop through his house. Yeah, like that's mm-hmm. crazy. Like that was crazy to me. Very crazy. I think the reason that she acted the way that she did it was because for the first time, you know, all the other guys that we saw her with was an attempt to get over the last thing. Yeah. This time she was finally over Lawrence, finally over the whole situation, like finally in her own space. Mm -hmm. And she finally met somebody on her own terms. And it, it wasn't to get over something. It wasn't, you know, for like some type of cause and effect. It was just simply, I met a guy. And then she opened up herself up to this guy and um, she allowed him into a space that it was closed off, you know, for a while. And he said the things that she wanted to hear. She believed him and um, he meant it. Yeah. And then he just disappeared like that. And I don't think that she was able to take it. Right. So it, she just went off the deep end, went crazy, called her best friend. Let's ride out. Let's see where he at. What are you doing? You know, this, that, and the third. So it, it was deeper than just her being like the crazy female, mm-hmm. but the way she acted, I've known people to do something like that, <clears throat> but it, she just hadn't felt that way in a while. And she really thought that that was something real and she met him on her own terms. And that's how she responded to that. But she was wild off of that. So where do we think Nathan actually was? During this ghost period? I believe, I believe where he, he said where he was at, like in Houston. I, I don't believe anything. Like I, why come up? Why come back a month later to lie? True. I really believe that he he really didn't know what to do. He really just shut down. He, you know what? The only thing that works for me is going back home. I I don't believe that. I don't mm-hmm. believe that Nathan went to Houston at all. Mm-hmm. I actually believe Nathan was um, still in L.A., mm-hmm. but that maybe he had some mental health issues yep. that he. Mm-hmm. Um, needed to work through him mm-hmm. and probably was afraid to tell her because but even when he came to the house like after for her birthday to drop off the flowers like when he was standing there explaining himself he said a whole bunch of nothing he did. like yeah. he it, there was really no explanation besides i had to go away from yeah. a few and um it's it's kind of like i've heard people who have like bipolar or depression and stuff like that they be like whenever they have an episode they really do ghost people mm-hmm. so i think that that was maybe just like some mental them bringing kind of mental health issues yeah. to light and again the setup for next season yeah, yeah i definitely he definitely is depressed and going through something and you know, definitely somebody when he was trying to explain himself to Molly and then trying to explain himself to Issa, mm-hmm. what he was saying, it was almost like a mirror mm-hmm. because I've dealt with mild depression and different things like that. I know what it was just like trying to explain when you're in like a dark place and you just need to just get away and you can't explain yourself. You just got to go. Right. 
I and she took it personal because of you know what he started to mean to her and he was trying to explain it but she wasn't trying to hear it and I get that because it's like I like you but I'm still trying to get to know you so you going you could have been with some other chick you could have been locked up or whatever but definitely when he was talking about it I kind of saw myself in it I was like yeah he definitely deals with um depression and an illness and um he just didn't know how to explain it or he felt like if I you know expose myself too early she may go away but I can't do anything when I'm in that space and even in the beginning when he ran away after the fight like I was like "Mm, something off with something Mm -hmm. off with Nathan and then again when um the people called um Issa the lift people called her about the incident with Nathan and he was like and he took care of it, but he never contacted her about mm-hmm. it. So I think that maybe he either has something going on where he escaped Houston or he um he just doesn't want to be honest right now. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, you, you know, that whole episode sparked, you know, another battle of sexes on, on a timeline. And, of course, everybody got to tell their stories about ghosting and all of that. But I'm just like... I it's need, deeper than it's that. It's deeper than yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's not always about trying to get at somebody or trying to do somebody in before they do you. And I think that's what they're trying to explore. Like, this character, he's he doesn't have his footing yet, but he's a charmer. Issa likes him, but there's something seriously wrong there. Right. So, And and that's that's where we leave Issa. Um, when Nathan came back, they, they had their discussion, and Issa basically told him, like, I'm going to need time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess it hit her like, you know, she really has to get to a point where she is okay with herself and doing things herself. Mm-hmm. So she straightens up her apartment. She decorates her apartment. Okay. And shit, shit look nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice as hell. She got, even got a new couch, yeah. which is like the running thing. <laughs> yeah. So season one, it was like they, her and Lawrence had the old couch. They got rid of it. They tried to start a new by getting a new couch. Um, she got evicted, so she sleeps on Daniel's couch. couch. So you know, technically, she's homeless, and now she has a brand new couch that's her own. Yeah, and you can see her lay on the couch in in such relief, like, yeah. oh, this yeah. is mine. Like, this is yeah. my space. Yeah. This is yeah. great. And I can relate to when you finally get to a place where you're comfortable with everything. You finally have your own, and yeah. I'm okay with me. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of see her. You know, the wheels is turning. Like Issa finally has that place where she's like okay i am i'm good yeah that's dope so so predictions for season season four unless you guys got anything else i got nothing like I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i have nothing mm, i think Issa will get the block party going and, and that will become her new business or if she doesn't learn how to deal with the girl the girl already has the connection she could possibly steal her idea and make it her own. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's what I thought she was gonna do at first. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, this girl will take this she block just, party stuff. Yeah, she's shady to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it. I was like, yeah, you got to watch her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, Tiffany should definitely have her baby by next season. <laughs> <laughs> she gonna be like um, Bonnie from Family Guy, just forever pregnant. <laughs> Hell nah. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to get some type of commentary about. Tiffany's husband and the, I guess the potential affair that she's having. I think that's mm-hmm. gonna come. I think that's gonna come to light. Um, I don't know about Ethan Lawrence and Nathan. Like I, I don't know what's gonna happen. 
I'm 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 interested to see. Yeah. I personally, I kind of want East and Lawrence to get back together because they are both at a way better place now, mm-hmm. which they probably had they been in that same place before, they probably would have been married by now. So I I would like to see them back together, but you know, what do I know? I don't think so. I don't I yeah. don't want to see them back together. I really want to see them explore who they are. And I really see Lawrence really getting a picture of what reality is versus what he think he should be at. Mm-hmm. We'll still see him, you know, I guess dating or whatever, come to terms of whatever it is that he's searching for. We'll definitely see Issa kind of take a more leader role, being more responsible, um, being really within herself, living in her truth. We're going to really see Molly unravel and like really just be a mess for a while. I agree. And um, I think we're gonna get uh, get a chance to explore Nathan and really figure out where he is, who he, where he's from, and all of that. Um, yeah. A- anything else? Uh, no, nah, man. All right. Well, <laughs> that's episode forty. Let us know what you guys think about um, season three of Insecure, and that's episode forty. And we out. All right. Peace. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.